Thanks for the help, kids. Oh, by the way, listen, if you're thinking about what to get old dad for Christmas, don't worry about it. You're already giving it to him. It's called a hernia. Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a woman? No Man Presents, live from the Nudie Bar, the Married with Children Podcast. And here are your hosts, Jerry, Justin, and Al. Wow, guys, it is Christmas in July here in the Nudie Bar. It's Wednesday, No Ma'am is back, and we are in search of Santa's sack. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Should be too hard to find, but uh, yeah. As usual, my name is Al, and I'm here with the guy who won't die with his jewelry on, Jerry. What's up, Jerry? Yeah, they tried to get me once like that. I'll never lose a ring again. Actually, you know what's weird is I don't wear any jewelry whatsoever, actually. That's because you're not old. (laughs) I need a broken watch. (laughs) And that other voice you just heard is the guy with a bottle of Muscatel in each hand, Justin. What's up, man? Mm, Muscatel. What is Muscatel? I was going to look it up to see what Santa's drinking. Hmm. I assume it's some kind of champagne. Yeah, Muscatel. It, it, It just sounds like an old man, like musk. It's it does. It sounds like some old guys' drink. So, guys, we're talking about the episode of Married with Children titled "You Better Watch Out," which this is the first Christmas episode, right? First ever. And what's really great about it is it aired December twentieth, nineteen eighty-seven, and. You know how we talked to Marcy about how it was so crazy that they did season one and two, both in 1987. As you know, season two is not over yet. So this marks the final episode of 1987 for Married with Children. Wow, we're moving on to 1988. Yep. Wow. Next episode is 1988. Next show. Yeah. Wow, that's and cool. I got to say, 1988 is one of the greatest years to ever happen in this world. Yeah? Yeah, I was born. Oh. Oh. <laughs> whoa, whoa, what's... What? I think we should invent a time machine and go back and invent the condom. Yeah. Oh, no, my dad, was a, my dad was in the Navy. He would have never worn a condom. The premise of this episode is, yes, it's the first Christmas special of Married with Children, and there's many. <clears throat> the Bundy's Christmas is rudely interrupted when a parachuting mall Santa crash lands into their backyard, attracting the neighborhood kids. I, I like how it says rudely interrupted instead of ruined, as if nothing could ruin an actual Bundy Christmas. You can't ruin something that starts ruined, right? How many Christmas specials in our lifetime will ever start with a warning? Oh, yeah, that disclaimer was hilarious. Wait, which which disclaimer? The disclaimer at the beginning of the episodes that warns uh, you from letting children watch this. That was That wasn't on mine. Oh, wow, they removed it? No, it's it's there. It's before the the uh, is it before or after the opening credits? I feel like you might have see. Missed that's it why I missed it's... it. I watched it online today instead of my DVD set. Oh yeah, because it was it was there. Yeah, it says uh, the following depicts 
a Bundy Christmas, it could be upsetting to small children and others. Parental guidance is suggested. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know, the, the lakeside... Oh, because it's the oh. Santa's not real thing. Yeah. Or that he's dead. Either one is pretty upsetting. But here's the thing, man. Lakeside Mall has six Santas. They can just get another Santa. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Christmas Eve is finally here, and so is the new Lakeside Mall. Bring the little kitties. We've got six Santas, no waiting. And for you bigger kids, come to the Red Nose Bar and meet Santa's very special reindeer, Donna. <laughs> so come on down, we're open till midnight. Singers? Santa Claus is coming to the Lakeside Mall. I want to go to the Lakeside Mall because I want to check out the Red Nosed Bar with. Santa's special reindeer, Donna. Mm-hmm. Bud was hugging that pillow pretty tight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bud is way into this whole thing with these girls, and that's cool. You know, he's just like his dad, basically. Legitimately, would a would a mall name its bar the Red Nosed Bar? I mean, there must be a seasonal renaming, right? Because it just wouldn't work any other day of the year. Oh, uh, maybe that's their gimmick. They just like they change the name, like the name of it every month. Can we go to that new Lakeside Mall? Kelly can shop. You can get bombed, and I can ride Santa's very special reindeer. <laughs> no, we can't. I'll tell you why. That mall is killing your father. Oh, I thought Mom was doing that. <laughs> Let me tell you, kids, something about that Lakeside Mall. It's taken away all the business from my mall. Which, if this continues, we'll be broke and living in a cardboard box under the L. Not us. We'll be in a nice, warm foster home. Come on, let's go, Kel. Nobody move. That mall's not so great. Just a bunch of stores filled with cheap, gaudy merchandise that only appeals to the tasteless, low-class shopper. Santa Claus is coming to the Lakeside Mall. <laughs> oh, God, I love that Lakeside Mall. Give me some money. I'm going back. Anyone want to come with me? I do, I do. Santa Claus is coming to the Lakeside Mall. He's going to parachute out of a plane. And he has a sack full of uh, gift certificates, which is why I said we're we're going after Santa's sack, guys. That's what we want. I got to find out how many of those coupons it'll uh, take me to be able to ride the special reindeer. (laughs) It's like funny money. Yeah. JP can go shop. You can go get bombed at the bar, and I can ride the special reindeer. Hey, can I do both? Uh, no, you can only do one, and I already called Diz on the reindeer. Okay, I'll get bombed. You can have the old reindeer that's dying. (laughs) (laughs) They have a reindeer that's dying. Or you can go post with JP. I'd rather help Kelly put some notches in her bedpost. Whoa, 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 whoa. Not yet, bro. Not yet. Come on, Al. I only go to that mall because it's so much closer and better than your mall. I mean, it's not like I was buying shoes there. (laughs) At least I didn't buy shoes, Al. Yeah, and Bud lifts them out of the bag. Dude, Uh, this episode is really, really good with, like, setups and then just slam dunks. The cat pose versus bed notches. The apologize to your sister. No. Okay. Like, <laughs> that was hilarious. And then, uh, that mall is killing your father. I thought mom did that. <laughs> yeah. Like, ho- like this episode just starts off like a certain episode of season one where it's just bam, 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 right after the other. 
Yeah, if this was a boxing match, it'd be like these left-right combos, and you wouldn't even be able to see straight. This episode, to me, I'm going to say possibly the strongest writing of, of the year. Like, I'm not saying it's my favorite one, because that's not... Yeah, that was the last episode. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. The, the amount of jokes and and things like that, or how good the jokes are don't necessarily make a favorite episode to me you know um i'll look back fondly and i'll always put it on but if i were to do like a, and we should do this one day by the way guys um like a special maybe when we're when we're all five years older <laughs> we should do a special <laughs> like our top 10 married children episodes it'll be hard to remember them all but you know we should probably yeah. do a don't we do a top three after every year it's good enough right yeah, yeah. That's, that's fine. see see my initial plan with this was uh, to make a like Google Sheets document and every episode I plug it in and then I rank it, you know, and do it as I watch them. But I forgot to do it for the season one, so I didn't do it for season two. But that was my idea to where I would literally have a ranking of every episode because well, you're inserting I've been it. writing down your ratings on top of the sheet every time well, that's we're done. Good. Yeah. Because I haven't. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, like this episode is insanely strong. The jokes just keep coming and they're all really strong. I mean, there's like one or two just okay. But, I mean, it just never ends. I mean, like even the absurdity, like just little stupid stuff. Like uh, Peg said that the mall hires midgets as elves to help you with your packages. Like, can you legitimately see that ever happening? <laughs> then Al comes down. With this box of Christmas stuff, and all it is is a uh, a tree stand, a skirt, and a punted fruitcake. We don't see a Christmas tree in this episode, huh? Nope they they don't get that. They they're um, not going to steal that until the day after Christmas. That oh, that that kills me. That kills me. <laughs> <laughs> now, has anyone picked out a tree yet? Oh, you know, the tree in the Ginty house sure is pretty this year. It's got lots of tinsel on it. <laughs> That'll be our treat. Now, kids, that's your job. He throws it out the day after Christmas, so bring it home. Right there. <laughs> do you guys uh, do you guys get real trees or fake trees? Fake. <sighs> I used to do fake for about 10 years, but now that I bought a house, I get a real one because my wife, like I said, is the real Peg Bundy. So, oh, yeah, by the way, you know, Peg doesn't care, but in real life, a Peg Bundy would want all extravagant stuff, I guess. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> we have to get a, I think our last tree was, uh, nine foot six or something. Ooh. Yeah. It was something really, <clears throat> really tall because we have the ceiling that goes up at an angle. So the peak of it is really super high in the, in the, uh, living room. Uh -huh. So she has to get right to the top. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will never, I will never have a fake tree. And if anybody tries to pull that shit on me, it's going to be fighting. <laughs> <laughs> I love the smell of the real. It just, it just, it just illuminates Christmas, man. Jerry, you need to get with the program, bro. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I just, that's a lot of money to, to for something you're just going to throw away. Dude. <laughs> 40 bucks? Yeah. That, and, and honestly, dude, I've bought trees for 15, 20. Just bring your lunch to work for a week and that's the tree. Now, now that uh, we just buy six Lex Funko Pops, yeah. <laughs> now, now that we live a bit further up north, we might actually do it. But in Panama, in Florida, 
like those trees are expensive. I guess that would make sense. Yeah, I, li- I live up in the in the in the, in the northeast. It's pretty yeah. easy to come by a pine tree. <laughs> now that I'm in Tennessee, I, I have a better shot of it. So we might do it this year. Yeah. You know, I gotta say something. Um, while I'm watching this, you guys aren't gonna relate to this, but while I'm watching this. I'm thinking of the other Bundy's uh, Christmas, which is, you know, like I said, there's about five or six or so, but the biggest ever will be the Sam Kennison one. That's that's what you call epic, legendary stuff. And the whole premise, it, like, it really weighs, the whole first half is about how Al can't get presents and how some plan he had is, you know, I don't want to give too much away, but, you know, things like that. So Al... Ah, that about does it for Christmas this year. Ah, I'm tired. Ah. Aren't you forgetting something, greatest daddy in the world? Coolest dad in the universe. You who makes my life worth living. Ah, you all want your presents, don't you? No, we really love you. <laughs> ah, life stinks. Well, okay. Let me go get my Christmas bonus and then I'll go buy your presents. Dad. You didn't get our presents yet? It's Christmas Eve. The stores are going to be packed. Not in my mall, son. (laughs) So he goes, and I'm waiting for this big thing about why he doesn't have gifts. And he just says, I didn't get a bonus this year. Oh, you stink, you know. And uh, The scene where they're all, like, loving up to him because they're about to give, you know, asking for their gifts. Right. Uh, it reminds me of when they were loving on him because he stole a bank. And it just made me realize they really only love on him when they're <laughs> getting something like material that has a money value to it. Like I was kind of like, I understand why he made that whole shotgun joke earlier about killing them all. He get together. Yeah. Okay. He's gone. Now for daddy's present. But run upstairs and get a tie out of daddy's closet. <laughs> I'll get a box. Oh, no, 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 wait. It's Christmas. We, we should make it special for him. But get one of his shirts, too. <laughs> oh, gosh. I just love Christmas. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're, they're uh... so grateful. They didn't even re-gift someone else's present. They went yeah. and took his own stuff to give back to him. Now, did you ever do something like that when you were younger? No. no. I would at least drawn something and gave it to him. Like, yeah. Jesus. Man, I don't even really know what to say about them. I was just like, y'all are the worst kids and the worst, like, wife anyone could ever have <laughs> on a yeah. sitcom show. Whoa, look, watch what you're saying on this show, buddy. Do you know where, where you are right now? I understand that, but, like, on a sitcom show, like... Like, I don't know if they were playing up the ungratefulness because it was a Christmas episode. <laughs> I'm just kidding, dude. Yeah. But the thing is with this episode is that it's it's not serious at all, which is <laughs> I found I found kind of a little bit jarring considering I was expecting that maybe this would be one of the more serious episodes considering it was on Christmas, which typically is pretty serious. So I think that, that, that it's just... There's nothing, there's literally nothing serious about this entire episode. If it would have been season one, I would be expecting that with you also. But with season two, I I didn't know what to expect with our first Christmas episode. If it was going to be extremely goofy, if it was going to be serious, if there was going to be like a moral, a moral of the story kind of episode. 
Nope. And no, they made it a laugh riot. <laughs> they made it the the funniest, darkest, most depressing Christmas special <laughs> I have ever seen in my life. I was See, laughing. I don't even think I don't awesome. even think they nailed the dark and depressing thing. Really, I just think that it was like. You know, it was just a fun episode. I, uh, <laughs> I put myself in Al's shoes. That I, I, man, not me, man. I got depressed. I was just like, "Your his his whole family's just ungrateful to him. He gets he gets blamed for something at the end that he was pushed into." Jerry, I think you need to lay down. We're gonna give you some newspaper. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> God. I'm going to take Marcy upstairs and lay her down. Put her on our bed. Steve, I'm afraid. I'll lay down newspaper. <laughs> hey. Dude, that, that, was, that was the joke for me. That's the one that actually made me laugh out loud. Cause like, it is great. A lot of them, like, I'll laugh in my head or I'll, like, I'll be like, <laughs> but like, every once in a while, I'll be like, <laughs> 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 that's exactly how it was. That, I don't know. That, that one just did it for me. <laughs> This is one of those episodes, I said this one other time, and I'd love to find out where I said it, because I'd like to watch that again, but uh, where I think, when I'm just watching this in awe, and I'm saying, they're going to run out of jokes, they got to stop. There is just too many jokes. Yeah. Even subtle things, like I saw a great belt up there that'll be great for Father's Day, like little things like that, that's just like extra touches, and then you got a whole nother set up with this guy hi do the roads live here why uh, i have a delivery for them oh well, yes i'm mrs Rhodes. <laughs> oh thank you oh gee uh, i don't have any change but could you take care of that please Look at what we got from uh, the Schmitz from Philadelphia. <laughs> hey, honey, look what we got from the Schmitz. Ah, oh, they're good people. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's kind of a mean thing to do. Not the door slam. <laughs> Not the do door slam. But like, oh, to they, steal the like, fruits? Yeah, like they, they are friends. I mean, like it's, <laughs> that's kind of some shady stuff. Yeah, they don't uh, – as a family, they don't – they're not making themselves look very good in this episode. No. When And even when uh, Al comes home and he's, and he's like, uh, you know how we used to be able to look down on, poor, on people poorer than us to make ourselves feel better? Well, go get the mirror. <laughs> like, it's just like, damn, y'all like are going really hardcore. Who, like it sounds like they were going down – you know, to the local soup kitchen. It's funny. People will never understand. And you, I, I heard this all my life growing up. And now that we're older, we, we say it a little bit even with more conviction. For poor people, they have a really nice house. I mean, of course, it's not technically good looking. I, I mean, I am, I've seen it in my vision for, what, 30 years close to, right? 25 years I've been watching this. So to me... It, it doesn't phase me, but I, I could see, like, a normal person who's not into this show. If you just find screen caps of that house with nobody in it and just show them that and you say, so what do you think of this? You know, I don't think anybody would say it's a, it's a nice house, right? 
you know, I, I, I no, I think it is a nice house. I've been watching um, the Goldbergs, which also takes place in the eighties, and it made me realize while the Bundy family is, they're like lower middle class, because in the Goldbergs are they're like higher middle class. Yeah. And because his job in there is he sell he has a sofa store that he owns. I wouldn't. And I would. I honestly wouldn't even say they're lower middle class. Like in terms of middle middle class. In terms of what we're presented. Well, he drives a Dodge, and they have no food. I, I know, but that they're just telling us things. Like the things we actually see doesn't suggest that 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 they have like the amount of money they spend. Yeah, yeah, they blow through a lot. Yeah, of money. like they're telling us they're poor, but that doesn't, you know, reflect what we see them do in the episodes. Like a show like Roseanne, those people are lower middle class, less than probably, right? <laughs> but do you? Know. How do you feel that dynamic plays? And I mean, obviously the show is great. So in some weird way that we never thought about, it actually helps i guess right i mean uh, it, it works because it's it doesn't it's like we get the point that they don't have money but it's not depressing that they don't have money because yeah the writing still allows them to do things that if they had actually been completely poor you couldn't do and then it would just become depressing but i always try to go you know what the reason he's poor is because he's got bills he, he pays yeah, all these right. bills and he they just don't have like a lot of spending money, even though somehow they keep coming up with a lot of spending money. Um, yeah, like like d- this episode, Peg walks in with a bunch of bags and stuff. We know that that costs money. We know that if they really are this this broke, like there's no way she could actually do that. Yeah, like we've had an episode where they've maxed out a credit card. And I'm starting to wonder how many credit cards have they are do they max out over the entire series? Well, I don't, what's his credit limit? We gotta find out how bad his credit. Yeah, is. Well, yeah. What's his credit limit? Who's giving him more credit Dude, cards? People are gonna think we're crazy at this point. We have to stop talking like this. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's go back because we're people are gonna say, "Wow, holy, you guys are insane." Okay, I think I think at this point, even if Marcy heard our show, she'd be like, "I'm not going back on these guys' show." Yeah. They're crazy. Uh, Santa, like I said, is going to drop gift certificates. Uh, he's going to parachute from a plane. I know what we can do. Now let's go down to the Lakeside Mall. Santa's going to drop gift certificates when he jumps from the plane. Yeah. Let's travel the week and get all we can. <laughs> go to the mall that killed me. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We, we wish, wish you a Merry Christmas. Christmas. We, we wish, wish you a Merry Christmas, Christmas and a Happy New Year. When she elbows him to start singing, that is hilarious. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Little jokes like that. Like, instead of just saying, Steve and Marcy come over and go, Hey, guys, we got you some gifts. And the joke being that they're giving him a fruitcake. No, it's not good enough. We're the best comedy writing team in sitcom history. We're going to go further than that. What do we do? Okay, well, how about since Marcy's a little corny, we have her convince Steve that they should just start belting out "We wish you a Merry Christmas" when they yeah. open the door, and then Steve isn't refuses until she hits him. Then he joins in, which will be hilarious. And it also sets up Marcy throughout the rest of this episode because you can tell she really, really loves Christmas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Steve is just kind of like whatever with it. He's okay with it. He's not. He's not crazy like her. So that whole scene sets up Marcy for the rest of the set. 
episode. Oh you God. know exactly oh where they are. Delivery from Santa for the Bundys. Oh, gee, well, thank you. Good thing they're labeled. I wouldn't want to get them mixed up with the presents Al gave us. What did Peggy get you, Al? Irregularity. And these two. Al, have you been to that new mall? There's a sea of people. Traffic is unbelievable. Didn't ease up till we got near your mall. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, give me my present, Steve. <laughs> Al, we thought long and hard about this, and then we came up with the perfect gift. Here. We donated some money in your name to the National Organization for Women. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Do I get tickets to their 10K man stomp? Oh, my God. That was that was one of the best jokes in the entire episode. It didn't make me laugh. It made me respect it. Yeah. Well, I bet you would show up to their 10K man stomp. Oh, yeah. I've got I've got my man stomping boots in, in the closet. They just got back from the cleaners. Uh, are they are they nice uh, red high top Reeboks? My old pair was I had to upgrade. There, people don't like to wear the high tap Reebok after the Yule Tide incident. Uh, I thought, oh, did you switch over to the one with the pumps on them? The little basketball you pump up? Oh, yeah. You don't even know what that is. J- Justin, you know. Yeah, I remember those. Okay, good. Uh, I remember Justin they would give them away on like Legends of the Hidden Temple or something. <laughs> yeah. All right, it's our turn. What did we get? What did we get? Oh. <laughs> A fruit cake. With a footprint on it. Mm. Well, thank you. Hey, do you mind if we turn on the TV? It's time for the news. Maybe they'll show Santa parachuting into the Lakeside Mall. Oh, come on. It's the news. There's plenty of important stuff on there. I'm sure they're going to spend their time to promote a mall. Well, Connie, I'm here at the jam-packed Lakeside Mall. And if their low prices aren't enough, Santa, wearing a pair of high-top Reeboks... Available at Luigi's in the mall. We'll be parachuting in any minute now. Yeah, and they wonder who's going to fill Cronkite's shoes. <laughs> There's the Piper Cub coming out of the clouds now. And Santa just made the jump. What a beautiful free fall. And don't forget, he's coming with a sack filled with gift certificates for the Lakeside Mall. That's the Lakeside Mall where shopping isn't just fun. It's news. Come on. Wow, look at him fly. Why is he flapping his arms like that? How funny and the delivery of Marcy when she's like, why is he flapping his arms like that? <laughs> like, you could just see this. Once she said that, you could just see this guy flapping his arms because his chute's not opening. Yeah. <laughs> when Santa jumps out of this airplane, oh my God, with a bottle of muscatel in each hand, like we said. Santa's chute doesn't seem to be opening. Oh, he's being blown off course. Our cameras have lost him. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't know where he is. Now, here's the part that, about this episode... There's an inconsistency that makes zero sense and it annoys me so much every year. So they're saying Santa's been blown off course. Uh Uh-oh. And then all of a sudden you hear trees cracking in their backyard and then they all turn around and Santa lands on the back patio. 
What really bothers me about it, and I wonder if you guys picked up on this, on the very next scene, the the corner or whatever that guy is. I've Mr. seen Wayne's him in every... World. Oh, dude, he's been in so many movies. Like, and TV show. He's had a long career of, of guest spots. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. And he was great here. But he says, did anybody see him actually fall? And Bud goes, I wish. Now, what do you mean you wish? We just saw you look at him fall. No, 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 no. I, like, fall into the backyard. His back was turned. He didn't see that part. No, he did. So the guy, the corn. He, no, he saw, they all saw him plop on the ground. No, they didn't. They were all still staring at the TV. No, When dude. he fell, yeah, I watched the episode twice today. No, you're wrong. You should put it on right now, then. I, I am willing to, like, play. They are all looking at the TV, hear the sound of him hitting the backyard, then they all turn around. And he's um, like, no, nope. All they hear, possibly, <laughs> possibly are the trees breaking. That's about it. Then they turn around and they see him land on the ground. There is no way that he just lands on the ground and they all turn around and look. That I could bet my life on, but I've been right before, so we'll see this time. We'll have the the uh, listeners uh, cast their votes for who's right this time. So, mm. I'm I not where you were. Know. I can't remember. I, I actually thought where you were going with this, like whole incident, is is how it makes no sense that he landed in their backyard that quick. Oh, like he was blown off course. How many skydivers just like fly sideways? Yeah, nowhere near where they're supposed to land. Yeah, like I actually had it in my notes. The joke I was going to be was Alex, be quiet for a sec and let me and JP talk about this. There, the mall has to be. So close, it's in there, like, on the next street over for him to blow over that fast. And it doesn't make any sense considering earlier, I, like, where this mall is located, I'm not sure. Uh, Peg says it's it's closer than the mall he works at. Yet Steve says the traffic is really bad up until you get to his mall, then it clears up. Yeah, because you definitely can't have two malls that close together, right? Yeah, and even if you did, it's still like there's no way in five seconds he went from dropping out of a plane that air blew him that hard when there's no storm going. You clearly see in the back, he gets blown, let it go and let the episode be. <laughs> but uh, come on, that that is that's not even trying. <laughs> no, I didn't. I wouldn't argue that they let that be. I mean, that's it's half legitimate, half nitpicking. I mean, logistically. Yeah, no, I, I thought about that too. There's there's no way you could get blown off course and land miles away from where you're supposed to. There's just no such thing. Uh, even in a, I, I can't even imagine the circumstances. But yeah, but that's what we're here for, to talk about things that uh, are just uh, insanely insightful. So the next yeah. scene... The Bundys are just sitting around eating pizza nonchalantly, and they're talking about, you know what would be good tonight? Cookies and eggnog. <laughs> so, you know, Marcy's like, you ghouls, you know there's a dead, or Steve says, there's a dead Santa in your backyard? And he goes, what do you want us to do, yeah. Steve? Stop eating? Aren't you so glad that Marcy didn't say, oh my gosh? Like, there's this weird thing where people 
are sort of a I, what is this where people don't say God? Is there? Am I doing something wrong when I say God constantly? No, uh, there's uh, like a lot of religions have different rules about what you can what you can say, do, read, write with the God or a prophet. Like it, like Jewish culture, a lot of times you have to have G hyphen D. You can't write out the full word. Um, in Islam, you're not allowed to have pictures of one of, of the Prophet Muhammad. It, it's one of those rules, and because of rules like that, and they just don't want to offend religious people, a lot of shows will say gosh. Plus, you also, because it's taking the Lord's name in vain in the Christian right. religion. So you have like rules like that, and obviously married with children, you know, they're not, they make jokes about lesbians and bi- not afraid of that. They're right. afraid of women writing to them because they showed a brawl. Hmm. Hmm. Well, how would you, what would you be saying if Santa was being carried out on a stretcher right behind you and you heard balls jingling? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Merry Christmas, folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God bless us, everyone. Like, if I'm put in that situation, I think I'm just like... Did that did that just happen? <laughs> Holy crap! Would, would you be worried that the Easter Bunny would hang himself in your front yard? <laughs> now, do you know that? Uh, so these kids, you know, they they go to bring Santa outside, and these kids are here outside looking for Santa because they know he landed in the bunny's backyard. We want Santa! <laughs> oh, what's wrong now? The Easter Bunny hang himself in my front yard? Uh, no, there's kids out there. This might have a bad effect on him, I mean, this being Christmas and uh, Santa here looking like tree sap and all. And uh, we can't take him out there now. Swing him back over that way, boys. Come on. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's okay, Marcy. Come on. I'll take you home. Yes, home. Where Perry Como sings and Santa's still alive. Is Santa okay? We heard he landed in your yard. Yeah! Yeah. Oh, yes. He's fine. He's a fat, jolly man, and he'll never leave us. As long as there's a Christmas, there'll be... Killers! Why, they just couldn't run around to the backyard, I don't know, but okay. They were polite enough to stay in the front door. Because, you know, kids are so well-behaved that way. Um, the kid, the main kid who Al talks to, I swear, I, I think I'm definitely right. He plays Al Bundy, a young Al Bundy, in, like, season, I think, either three or four, when Al has to return an overdue library book. So, look out for this kid. I, I, I'm sure they credit him... In that episode, so I'm going to have to go back and make sure he's this kid. But I'm almost guaranteed. I never watched it back to back, but the voice, the face has to be this kid. <clears throat> you know, Al says, Santa's fine. Go home. They want to see him. He's like, no. <laughs> and then the kids, they throw a snowball at him. We're trying to have a holiday here. So why don't you get out of here and take the spirit of Christmas with you? Hey, I'd love to, Mr. Grinch. But I'm not taking him out there with those kids out there. Al, get rid of those kids. <laughs> if I knew how to do that, we wouldn't have ours. <laughs> so they're not bringing Santa out. Al, Al has to dress up as Santa, go outside, pretend he's Santa, and get these kids out of here. 
And and, is- and very importantly, Peggy makes him do this. Yes, right. Did he take the dead man Santa Claus suit or does he just have a Santa Claus suit laying around? That is what I said. In my notes, I said, Al gets Santa outfit off of corpse and came out to put kids at ease. Yeah, because keep in mind, while he's wearing the Santa Claus suit and they move the body later on in the episode, the body still jingles, which made me, because I thought the the jingle was, you know, obviously something the guy is wearing on his Santa Claus suit, unless he just happens to actually have jingle balls, which doesn't seem like an option in 1987. Justin, would you peel the Santa outfit off of his body and put it on? Hell no. But it's for the sake of children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But see, I did want to give you a little update on your theory, Alex. Uh Uh-oh. And the character Carl also played young Al a year later, and he thought he could. Yep, the library episode. That's not all. This is to bring it full circle to us and and how (laughs) deep involved we are. Uh, with another genre, uh, he also is the voice of the friendly Chucky in Child's Play, as well as the Tommy doll from Child's Play 2 and the good guy doll from Child's Play 3. What? Yes. That is the coolest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> that kid just became way cooler. <laughs> he did. Is that, isn't that really, really cool? Wow. I love doing this show. Man, it's changed my life. <laughs> that Whew. is awesome. So you wouldn't put on the suit, the red suit, because it just got redder? <laughs> I'm sorry. That was a horrible joke. Okay. Al says a joke. You know, the kids want to uh, jump on Santa's lap and tell him what they want or whatever on Christmas Eve. So they still think they have a chance to get it. Now, how about the – how funny was it when he goes, okay, but – don't jump too hard, Santa's got hemorrhoids. Uh, I, hold on. How dumb are these kids? Okay, like, like one, they just talked to the actual Al Bundy. They know who Al Bundy is because they think he grows a tail at midnight and he's a, a, and other, uh, and he's a butthead. Yet, when Al's talking to him as Santa Claus, he pulls the beard down to sit under his chin completely so you can clearly <laughs> tell it's Al and they're all still believing it. And and the, the logic is this: uh, where did where a uh, kid calls him a butthead, and Al says that Al is the nicest man on the street, and the kid, and it makes the kid believe that he's Santa. He goes, "Oh, you must be, you must really be Santa." What? How? Yeah, you, boy, you really must be Santa. Like meaning that, boy, you have nice things to say about everybody. But oh, here's the, okay, that okay, yeah, I didn't look at it that way. That makes sense. But here's the thing that makes me think that they sort of knew it was Al at the end. Like, they, I think they kind of just rolled their eyes and knew it was Al, because when he leaves as Santa, he still gets a snowball launched at his back. I just someone that didn't get to sit on his lap, because he's like, alright, I'm done, I've gotta go back in and talk to the coroner who, for some reason, pizza reminds him of his first day on the job. I didn't get that. What did that mean? I don't know. I literally don't know. The first case he went to was a guy who died by steamroller, maybe. Oh, my God. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> so it reminds him of pizza. Yeah, I like like this whole episode. Just like I have we have skipped over so many 
fantastic jokes because it's that packed with jokes. You can't, we can't sit here and cover them all. We can't. Literally, this episode has so many good jokes that there's times where I'm like, oh, but Alex didn't say this, didn't say that. But I'm just like, damn, there's, but now he's talking about this one. That one's really good. You must be Santa. I told you I was. What do you want? I want a real live horse. Hmm. Your mom's the one who makes pies for everyone in the neighborhood but those nice bundies, isn't she? All right. Santa will leave you a horse tonight under your tree. But if it's not there in the morning, it's because your mommy chased it away and killed it. <laughs> Next. <laughs> ah, don't jump on Santa's lap too hard, little girl. Mrs. Claus won't like that. Oh, and speaking of that, what's up with the pedophile joke? That uh, I know. I literally typed in my notes. This joke just happened. Dude, <laughs> Mrs. Claus like that. Uh, this might be the first time where I think the joke maybe should have been edited out. Maybe we shouldn't have had that joke. <laughs> I mean, do you think everybody even picked up on that? Like, it's so kind of snuck in there. I don't know. It's kind of weird. No, no, Nestor. Despite what your mom says, Mr. Bundy doesn't really sprout a tail at midnight. <laughs> but here's a special Christmas gift for Daddy. Tell him to come home for lunch someday around when Mr. Mailman's there with a special delivery for Mommy. That'll be a real Yuletide treat for old Dad. What do I get? A new home and a fresh new Mommy. Ho, ho, ho. How hardcore was this whole entire exchange? I mean, a little kid is listening to this guy talk. Like, (laughs) at any point, does it, Mommy, what does that mean to show up in the... Oh, honey, um, because he'll deliver presents, too. Yes. What do you say to these kids? And then don't jump on my lap, Miss Closel, like that? Like, I don't know. It's just crazy, this whole thing. But it's brilliant. I love it to death. Oh, man. And one of my favorite lines is... Old Santa's got to hit the road, but I'm going to go in and say goodbye to my favorite family, the Bundys. And be nice to them, or you won't get any Christmas gifts next year. <laughs> Santa smells like beer. Hey, catch me in five minutes, I'll smell like hard liquor. <laughs> on Dundee, on Dumbo, I go silver away. Yeah, and just the way he says it, the the execution of that line is phenomenal. But he goes inside and continues drinking a beer. And then, yeah, that's true. But I didn't even consider, I didn't even think about that because when Marcy comes down and says he was better off dead, (laughs) I died. That was the, oh man, God, this episode's way too good. Yeah, then it gets capped off with this bright smile guy from the lakeside mall shows up and wants to talk about the Yuletide incident. Hi, uh, is this the house where the uh, Yuletide incident occurred? What's it to you? Well, I'm from the lakeside mall and I, I just wanted to offer our apologies for any inconvenience this may have caused. Hey, no problem, no inconvenience. You just took all my business, cost me my bonus, made my family hate me. That's right. And on top of all that, you slam dunk Santa into my backyard and almost ruined Christmas for every kid in the neighborhood. Almost? 
But you see, my husband dressed up as Santa so the kids would know he was okay. By the way, love your mall. We've got it all. <laughs> so uh, no one around here knows what really happened, huh? Nope. Thanks to me. Hey, that ought to be worth something, huh? <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> I mean, if the kids think Santa's okay, Santa's okay. So why should I bribe you to say something you've already said? <laughs> be stupid. Kind of like paying that dead guy for disappointing a whole parking lot full of kids. <laughs> well, I'm saving money right and left here. <laughs> it's the best Christmas I've ever had. If, if I was Al, I would have been like, oh, yes, you do. Because if not, uh, I'm going to get with the coroner and the other witnesses here and, and the paramedics. And we're going to go to the newspaper. and We're going to talk about the entire incident and how you said you weren't even going to pay the dead man so you're not even going to pay his next of kin, his relative. That's the kind of people at the Lakeside Mall. They don't yeah. care about you or Santa or to the tr money and how to save money by cheapening lives. I, like the whole time, I'm like, ow, you have this. Marcy, you literally were going to help uh, Kelly sue a, 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 a teacher, a student, driver, teacher, whatever the hell it is. I don't drive. I don't know. Right. Uh, for <laughs> sexual harassment. Right. And you're not... And you're not saying anything here? Like, come on, man. Get on this. And they're conniving. You would think the Bundys would immediately jump onto some kind of blackmail, right? Yeah, you would think they would do that. What the hell? And if it wasn't for the um, the the ending, I would – because there is a upside to the ending. Though I was kind of waiting for them to show back up until when they got denied using it. I was waiting for that ending, but it, but it didn't happen. So at least there was a good ending. They do get Al's good deed does get paid for, even though at this point Peggy starts blaming him for doing a good deed that she convinced him to do and losing <laughs> yeah. out on all their money. Well, that about wraps it up here. Roll them out, boys. You know, Bundy, you're a decent guy, so here's a little tip for me to you. Don't die with your jewelry on, huh? <laughs> <laughs> at it this way you did a nice thing cost us a nice bribe and a shot at a happy christmas thank you father kids thanks, thanks dad it's time for no man to take a little break in the jiggly room i'm the dj and i'm gonna play a little bit of music that was on this week's episode of Mary with children We wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Oh, bring us some figgy pudding, oh, bring us some figgy pudding, oh, bring us some figgy pudding and bring it out here. We wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas. You know what, the whole time this Santa had been dead, I was I was thinking where where is his vouchers? Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, the I, whole time. I didn't either. Because they mentioned it so many times before that happened. Before yeah, that happened. they mentioned Bud it so it, many times. The map, and it's the, on the TV. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, I, I figured that was going to come into play at some time. I just, but but I kind of by the end of it, I thought that they maybe just that it didn't. It, and it ended up happening at the very end, so. 
Yeah, how did, how did he hold on to his sack while he was flapping his arms with two bottles of Muscatel in each hand? Maybe um, it was, like, a, a tied to his, like, you know, the belt for Santa Claus to yeah. that, and it, it fell off when he hit. Like, oh, okay. He hit, like, because if you're right and, they, and he hit, like, they heard the tree first and they turn around and see him fall, that would make sense with it being, it falling off from that tree that it was stuck on. They say it on the roof, but the tree would make more sense. Mm-hmm. I think they should take the uh, an idea from this episode and actually have a Santa Claus jump out of an airplane and land in the parking lot of a mall. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. Oh, and before we end this episode, I have to mention the best visual joke in this whole episode is Buck. From him having the shoe the first time, right, I, I, I standing up on the back of the couch with Marcy and Steve there, and Steve going, "Uh, is this y'all's shoe?" To the very end, him just chewing on that shoe and having the best time. That warmed my heart so much that I, that even though I was depressed from this episode, that warmed my heart right back up, and I was like, "Damn it, Mary Children, you knocked it out of the park." You did everything. Yeah, and and uh, Buck doesn't get enough love to begin with, so yeah, it was pretty cool. Hey, you don't even notice he's not in an episode. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I do. Yep, but yeah, when Buck was chewing on that red Reebok high top, I said to myself, now it's Christmas. <laughs> yes, that that literally looked like I, like I just got done babysitting my uh, parents' dogs, and they get so excited when they get like, a new toy or something. Oh, I thought you were going to say when Buck's on the screen. No Ma'am will be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Just type in www.facebook.com slash groups slash married with children podcast. Be sure to subscribe to them on iTunes and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to Channels and search up Married with Children Podcast. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. Now the guys are going to give their final thoughts and ratings of this week's episode. All right, guys. Time to rate Christmas in July. You better watch out. How many red high-top sneakers do you give this episode out of five, Justin? Let's see here. So um, I'm in agreement with you guys that the jokes are really good in this episode, nonstop, bunches of them. I love that. That's at least 50% of the reason why we watch this show. Um, I do like my Christmas-themed episodes of any show, really. Um, I was hoping for maybe a little, even though like at the time right now, because it is July, I am not really like I, Christmas is so far away from my head. You know what I mean? I'm like Alex where like, I, I have to watch Christmas stuff during the holiday. So I do have that, that, that does have that going for the episode, but had this been a, you know, me watching this on Christmas, I feel like the Christmas vibe is, is a little lost in this one. I, I don't feel like it has it very much. Maybe some more lights, maybe some shots of snow or something besides just a, a snowball here and there. I don't know. It just, it, it didn't have the, the Christmas heart that I was expecting, I guess. Um, as a Christmas episode, uh, 
I'm not sure how I really feel about it. Like, it, yeah, technically it's a Christmas episode. Technically it has to do with Santa. But I just I, I'm just not sure how I feel about it. Uh, I don't know. Um, it's still a good episode, though. So I'm kind of torn on this one, honestly, guys. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of back and forth on it. I think I'm going to come in at four uh, red high top sneakers out of five. Nice. That's good. You know, I mean, that means that if I had a little bit more Christmas touch, it would have put you over the top. Maybe it would have given it a five. Yeah. So that's really good. So, Jerry, how many red high top uh, Santa sneakers are you out of five going to give this one? This was one of the most depressing and darkest episodes uh, I've ever seen of, of any family sitcom. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and <laughs> I, I loved it. I loved like it. It worked completely. Like this felt like if someone asked me what a Bundy Christmas would look like, you know what? This kind of bad luck would would be what I think would happen. This is easily one of my favorite episodes of all time because I like dark humor and this one was chalked full of it. It is a classic. Um, I can't even say that it needed more Steve because it was all about the Bundy tradition of the Bundy luck. And and I loved that. I, I don't even want more Steve in this episode. That's how good it was. They The jokes are constant, on fire, and even the ones I don't understand, I, I don't care. I don't care about uh, how the guy blew all the way to their backyard that quickly. Um, <laughs> I was really stuck on the rating also. I, I'm, I, I wanted to give it a 4.5 because I didn't want to give it a 5, but uh, I'm just trying to stop myself from giving it a 5, and I don't think that's right. I... I give this a five out of five. It is a, a wonderful episode. I absolutely love this. This will probably make my top three. Wow. Nice. And the the little we did have of Steve, him clanking his bottle when he was trying to pour the drink. <laughs> that was hilarious. So, yeah, he, he did great for what little input he had. Um, yeah, this episode... Um, I understand what Justin's saying. However, it is Christmas in my house when this is on. So, and what I mean by that is, uh, I never pondered the idea of, uh, cause obviously that's his great perspective. He has new eyes. Uh, I have the eyes of a kid who has seen this every single December for over 20 years. So, yeah, that never occurred to me that it's not Christmassy enough because it's just a staple of my life in December. Um, the jokes are just firing off like a, a that that gun that, that Jesse the Body has in the Predator. It's just firing off rounds nonstop. It is amazing. Um, everybody, all the kids were great. All the, the corner guy was great. We love him from Wayne's World. The bunnies were great. The ro- the roads were great. I mean, there's nothing that this episode lacks. Um, it's pretty perfect. I mean, uh, just the thing that bothers me still is Bud saying he wishes he saw him fall after he just did. When I'm sure Jerry will contest that. But maybe I'll even do a little video and post it. I, on our- I was wrong last time, so I'm just going to shut up because you're the expert <laughs> on marriage, which probably wrong. <laughs> That's all right. 
Well, yeah, but even though that's there, I'm not stupid enough to say that that's not going to make it a five. It's a five out of five. This is one of the greats. Uh, they put a major effort into their first Christmas episode, and it is uh, we appreciate it greatly. How do you guys yeah. feel about Christmas? You guys big fans? You know what's funny? I used to hate Christmas. I did not get into it. I did not like it. I, I thought it was stupid. I didn't watch Christmas movies, none of that shit. Then I got with Reese. And her love of Christmas infected me, and now I love Christmas. I own Christmas movies and Christmas cartoons. I have always loved Christmas right from the beginning. Um, I remember it really struck me one time. I was like... 11 or 12, and I'll never forget Christmas was over, everybody was upstairs, it was all over with. I just remember, like, standing by the tree, and something just struck me that it was over, and this overwhelming sadness came over me, and I'll never forget standing there still, and it's been, like, 30 years almost. It just struck me what it meant to me and how great of a year it was. Like, I think the whole month leading into it, and the presents were the greatest, the time was there, hanging out with my cousins, it was the best thing in the world. And ever since then, I, I just always knew to appreciate it on, like, a different level. So, um, <clears throat> even growing up, when all these things became available, like, I, when I, all through my, like, 14, 15, 16, I remember recording all the Christmas specials on TV onto one big tape, and now I went and bought every single thing on DVD and everything on Blu-ray possible. So, <clears throat> I, I get way into it, and it's, like, it's always great to me, and, Watching like all the married children ones has has been a big part uh, of me continuing to love it. You know, like like watch it like watching this episode now was killing me. Like to watch <laughs> this episode in in July, I was like, Ugh, wow, this is really awkward, and I'm getting feelings that aren't supposed to be here right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah. So, me personally, Christmas. I am a huge fan of it. Like, obviously, we're um, horror fans. Like, I think the audience should know that by now. And I love Halloween, too. Uh, and I love Christmas. Be like, between October and the end of, you know, Christmas is, like, my favorite times, you know, of the year. A lot of times it is. Because it's just, I really actually get into, like, the Christmas spirit. Like, I feel it. Like, I feel wonderful. Like, I like listening to Christmas music when I drive to work. <laughs> Me too. I like, you know, I, I like seeing the specials on TV and I try to cram as much Christmassy stuff into that 24 days as possible. You know what yep. I mean? And I actually, it's funny that you mentioned that you just felt like an overwhelming sadness. Like at the end of Christmas, I get like that every year. I don't like Christmas Day. I really don't. Like I get sad on Christmas Day because I know it's over. Same thing yeah. with Halloween. Halloween. Like yeah. Halloween has never been halloween it's october it's yep. leading up from the first to the to the 30th you know that's that's where i'm happiest like once the 31st hits once the 25th hits that's when i get sad mm -hmm. <laughs> wow we have the same exact feelings every single year of our life like it's all yeah. about halloween has not been about that day since uh, 2010 eight or seven or maybe even earlier than that like i don't remember last time i cared about just halloween and yeah. i i turned it into a whole month ordeal and yeah. it's my favorite thing in the world and then i do the same thing with christmas so yeah i mean 
And Christmas Day, I mean, uh, my wife has done pretty good, but I, I, I'll never get that magical feeling or that special element that's within uh, receiving a gift like a, a, as a kid gets, you know, like I'm not going to get a bunch of He-Man toys or Ninja Turtles or anything like that anymore because I'm older or mm-hmm. video games and stuff like that. So that's what there's something that that nostalgia of getting that kind of stuff was just amazing to me <clears throat> as a kid. And now I'm getting more adult things, so now it's more like sophisticated. So to me, it's all about that kind of revisiting of your childhood through all these shows and the music and the movies and stuff. You know, that that's what does it for me. I want to talk about presents real quick. Uh, because, okay, so Alex, you would love Christmas uh, with with me because every I like to give Christmas presents. Like I'm big on gift giving. I love giving gifts. I'm really really good at it. And I like to give presents that make you feel back to your childhood, make you feel like I don't like giving you a present that makes you feel like an adult. I don't want to do that. I I buy my stepdad comic books. I buy my mom like Harley Quinn stuff. I get Reese like Sailor Moon toys. Like if I give you a Christmas gift, you're getting you're not getting some adult shit you're not getting a coffee cup or new sheets or anything like that not a bears uh yeah no nothing with a bears logo on it you're getting you're getting that ninja turtle toy that you wanted as a kid that you never got or (laughs) a comic book that means something to you that's that's how i attack presents in general that's but that actually backfires me on a lot because i always and i don't know if y'all have this person your family that gives the best gifts they are just amazing at giving you the right gift every single time for my family that's me and (laughs) and i'm not being conceited like i legit make people like i i've made reese cry i've made my mom cry i i made my dad uh talk to me once like i'm (laughs) i'm really good at at gift giving and uh but the the corner side of that that sucks is i never get as good as gift gifts as i give (laughs) <laughs> like, Sorry. rarely does anyone knock it out of the park for me. So, guys, be sure to tune in next week when we review Guys and Dolls. When starting a baseball card collection, Al and Steve sell Marcy's old Barbie doll. They must get it back, but they learn the shop they sold it to was robbed. So they would have to search downtown Chicago and ask every bum on the street. And in that episode, you guys are going to hear something in that episode that you hear every week on our show. So try to guess what that is. And you don't even know it. Uh, Well, I was going to head over to the Red Nose Bar, but that's closed in July, obviously. Um, And here's the good news, guys. Many people don't know this. You know, Donna's not working there now because, like we just said, it's closed. But in in the off season, she actually works in the nudie bar. Dibs on Donna. You got dibs on Donna. All right. Well, I got Vixen over there. Uh, I'd tell you the name of mine, but she'll probably be dead before I can say it. Oh, your special reindeer is dying. Sorry, man. Uh-huh.